The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I am a film critic for Crave Online, lately IGN.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Very good. Yeah! Hit all, the be- hit all the beats. Yeah! My name is Whitney Seibold, and I'm unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I'm a film critic, even if I am unemployed. I'm mm-hmm. still a film critic, damn it. You're doing the work. I'm still going to be a jerk about the movies I see, even if it's just on Twitter. <laughs> uh, and I'm no longer the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. From whence we hailed. From whence we hailed, past tense. Yeah. We, we put it to bed. Yeah, it is it, no it more. Is sleeping comfortably. The last episode is three hours long, mm-hmm. and, with, and it even has an Easter egg. <laughs> so uh, we, we sincerely hope that if mm. you, you enjoyed the B-Movies podcast, you listen up. The episodes will be online for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard to say when exactly because it's not up to us anymore. But so, there's so no da- reason. Download no, them while you can get them. Download them while you can get them, but there's no reason to assume they'll be gone in a week. Mm. There's probably months. Probably be perfect. At, at the very least, you have months remaining. I would so. imagine so. So, uh, but that was then. Mm. This is now. This is the now. The future is now. The future is canceled too soon. We're talking <laughs> about doing another podcast down the road. We have. We're not ready to make any sort of announcement mm. yet. Hold your horses, because Cancel Too Soon is, is the new hotness. And that's what you're listening to right now. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about our very first game show. Yeah, we have mostly, we've actually kind of only done narrative series. We've done like yeah. anthologies where it was like individual mm-hmm. episodes. There wasn't like a narrative through line. But we've never really gone into the other aspects of television. Your game shows, your talk shows, mm-hmm. um, your reality yeah, shows. Yeah. We have a lot of requests for those. And I think on one level, we've kind of been avoiding them because they follow different rules. Also, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of those genres, well, particularly reality shows. So and here's I'm not the sure thing. how... Yeah. Te- television, if you want to go back to your old McLuhan days, you know, when you were reading Understanding Media in college and hating every minute of it. Oh, fuck uh, you. McLuhan was great. McLuhan's great. I liked McLuhan. Yeah. But I, I, All the good people liked McLuhan. Most of my classmates hated McLuhan. Why? They hated reading McLuhan. Because he, he was smart? I think because they didn't want to think about media in that way. They always wanted to think about it as, oh, it's entertaining. And they wanted to get more into the, the nitty gritty of the writing rather mm-hmm. than sort of the, the function of the, the philosophy media. of yeah. media. Yeah. Well, they uh, were wrong. So, uh, McLuhan talked about cool and hot media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, television, he always argued, was a little bit hotter. It gets to you quicker. Mm-hmm. And if something's really immediate, you see it immediately. You feel that immediate emotional rush. And that's what it's well suited for. Mm-hmm. And that's so, hot. That's hot meat. What is cold? Just for people. Uh, know. Cold would be all of the scripted stuff, things mm. that are carefully put, like put forth, things that are stored, put things that can be put in cold storage. It was the the metaphor yeah. I used in my mind when reading. Makes sense. Uh, Marshall McLuhan. Uh, so, like when you see when you saw like a chase on TV, that's happening right now. That's really immediate, and it's the media taking something that's happening immediately and giving it right to you. That's hot medium. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, while game shows are taped, you're still seeing, seeing something kind of live and spontaneous. Yeah, the game itself happened live. Right. And that has that that has that effect. So yeah. um, so I guess you're just not a fan of the hot hotness of the television medium. Um, I mean, it's not as much. Yeah. I mean, I like game shows because I like, uh, you know, trivia and I like competition and mm. that that all that all stuff is great. Um, and in fact, I think this is actually kind of appropriate for us to do a game show now because we're doing game shows lately. You and I. This, this is true. We, yeah. We're on the movie trivia schmodown. Yeah, we're on the movie trivia schmodown. I do the singles thing where I answer mm. movie trivia. We have, we have a team together. That's right. Where We have another match coming up in a couple of weeks against Late to the Party, mm. uh, a fun uh, YouTube series where they react to things, unlike the rest of us who merely just sort of stare. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, no, they're good kids. Actually, that's a fun show. They're, they're very, very kind uh, competitors. Yes, they're very great, uh, gracious. And um, uh, but I've also been doing like screen junkies, like uh, movie fights and TV fights, mm. and so we're. I'm kind of getting back into the the, the feel. of game shows. And uh, I think McLuhan would be happy with. Uh, well, maybe not happy, but he'd describe what you're doing and what the internet does. You know, mm-hmm. that sort of reaction video and those debates is very very hot. Somebody's yelling at me like Woody Allen at some point. He's going to want to pull out Marshall McLuhan and say, you know nothing of my work. That's, but, uh, that's half the fun. That would actually be a great Halloween costume. <laughs> Marshall McLuhan just Marshall McLuhan and, stuff. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. In Annie Hall and just be like, you know nothing of my work. Mm. Just come in occasionally. That'd be a funny guy. I, I think you could only do it if you went with, with Annie Hall and Alvy. Uh, that would be good, too, mm. though. That would be good, too. That's a good uh, group costume. <laughs> it all functions. La-dee-da. Marshall McLuhan um, trails behind very cautiously. So, uh, for our very first game show, we are doing something pretty obscure, but also relatively recent. Uh, it's based off of a pop culture property a lot of people are familiar with, mm-hmm. but I think the actual game show version really flew under the radar because it only lasted six episodes. Um, it is a comedy game show uh, where uh, high. What was it? High art and high culture and pop culture. Uh, collide? Yeah, or the the show where high, uh, high culture and pop culture collide. Yeah, um, it aired on ABC on June twentieth. It was canceled just a few weeks later on July eighteenth. It is a little show called "You Don't Know Jack," and we couldn't really find a commercial for this one. But here's a little clip from the very beginning of the first episode because right at the beginning of the episode, it aired right after "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire." Mm. And they segued quite nicely. Yes. So here's a clip. Good friends at the phone company are connecting me to another free long-distance call. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. I'm sorry, that's... Hello? Hi, it's Regis Philbin. Regis? Wow. What am I? Somebody's lifeline? No, Paul, I'm just calling to welcome you to the wonderful world of game shows and to pass along a couple of pointers. Pointers? Hang on, Reed. Let me get a pen. (laughs) Got it, Reed. Point away. Well, the first thing you should do is smile. Smile a lot. Everybody loves a guy who smiles. Wow. Smile. (laughs) Next thing you'll be telling me to dress sharp and the clothes make the show. And dress sharp, Paul. Clothes make the show. Okay, I will, Reed. And another thing. The audience loves seeing other guys get rich. The more comfortable your guests are, the more likely they're going to win the big bucks. Listen, Reed, you seem really busy. Let me let you run. <laughs> Did the new guy just hang up on me? If you think this show is going to make anybody but me a millionaire, then you don't know, Jack! <laughs> 
Regis would do anything oh, at, at Re- that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Regis would like, just... He was game. <laughs> Regis was like, the face of that network for a long time. He was like Michigan J. Frog. He had to do it. Regis Philbin, will you? Yes, I will. <laughs> um, so, th- so you don't know, Jack, in many respects it is... Functionally, a very straightforward game show. They ask you questions, the questions are kind of funny, and at the end you win money. They really ladled artifice on top of it. Well, uh, this was based on a series of video games. Uh, You Don't Know Jack was a CD-ROM video game. Uh, that back when they had those. Back when they had those, <laughs> and, and it's it's moved on to various platforms. You can still get it on like you know Xboxes and, and phones Facebook and Facebook. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So it still lives on, even though it's kind of it's a, where, where where it sort of evolved from. The culture has changed entirely. Well, right now, you don't know Jack is a nostalgia anecdote. Mm. In the nineties, you don't know Jack was actually kind of a big deal. Yeah, it was a very 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 it, popular computer game. It was a trivia game, and it, you know, it was multiple choice, and you could play with you know, one to four players. And you would hit, you know, your keyboard as your buzzer, mm-hmm. and you would type in your answer, or you would just choose the letter from uh, from the multiple choice. But it was staged in such a way as if they were filming it, so you got to hear the sort of the production. There were commercials playing in the background. Mm. Always really jokey kind of commercials. Yeah, an actor named Tom Gottlieb played Cookie, the host, and he has a great voice. Yes, he did. And he also also has a really kind of snarky, sarcastic voice, and they would always make jokes about how badly you're doing or how well you're doing. Mm the questions would also be staged in really kind of funny ways. Like one of the, the game show, one of the segments was called Dis or Dat. Mm-hmm. And you had to choose very quickly as a, ti- as a timer was counting down if uh, so- they gave you a word and if it sounded like one category or another or perhaps both. Mm-hmm. And it's like, is this, uh, one I remember was, is this a boxing maneuver or is it a cut of meat? There you go. Yeah. And so like they sound kind of, sim- kind of similar. You yeah. Know, as- let me. Let me and they, is, is this a Transformers character or a brand of condom? You know, and they yeah. throw that at they, you. They uh, they incorporated that and several other elements of the game mm-hmm. into the live action game show. But to give you a little flavor of how that works, I put together a dis or dat for Whitney. Okay. All right. So are you ready to play dis or dat? I'm ready to play. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to give you eight names. You're going to tell me if the name is a character from the video game Overwatch <laughs> or a fictional movie virus. Oh, jeez. Okay. Or both. <laughs> All right. All right. Mm. Orisa. Overwatch. Yes. Motaba. Oh, that's a disease. Yes. Trixie. Trixie. That's from Overwatch. That is a disease. Ah. It's from George Romero's The Crazies. Ah, crap. Okay. okay. Doomfist. Doomfist. Overwatch. Okay. <laughs> Widowmaker. Uh, disease. Overwatch. Ah. Reaper. Reaper. Disease. Both. Ah! <laughs> Rage. Rage. Uh, both. Oh, just just a disease. Just a disease. And Carnosaur. Car- <laughs> is neither an option? No. Uh, okay, um, I'm going to say that's Overwatch. That is a movie disease. From is the it? movie Carnosaur. It's called Carnosaur? Yeah, people got the Carnosaur disease and they got turned into Carnosaurs. I'd, oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought you'd know that. I thought that was the gimme. I thought that was the obvious Carnosaur. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. I would have done very poorly on that dis or dad. But yeah, uh, the question and the questions were always uh, sometimes it was like something really high culture couched in something kind of 
pop culture. Yeah, they would give you. They would, they would give you a, things. They would give you a pop culture context. Yeah. Like, um, mm. so uh, Ralph Cramden is a bus driver mm. in the TV series uh, The Honeymooners. Uh, if Ralph Cramden was made Secretary of Transportation, uh, how far down the line of succession would he be to become president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. That's a loose one. I just always remembered that one because I had to ask uh, my dad what the what, hell that meant. One I thought was really fun was uh, this combined. It's like. Uh, given the, and this was from You Don't Know Jack movies, so it's it's okay mm. for it to go a little obscure. If if you're if you have an analog between the characters of the taking of Pelham one two three with mm. the seven dwarves, mm. which dwarf would Ernest Borgnine's character be? Would it be would it be happy, sleepy, sneezy, or Doc? Oh, uh, sneezy. It would be sneezy. Cause, yeah, because at the very end of the movie, he sneezes, and that gives him away. Was it, to Ernest, it was Martin Balsam or Martin Balsam? Sorry, yeah, 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 I messed yeah. that up. No, yeah. I can see how you mix them up. Um, yeah, they, they look similar. They, they both had Oscars. Yeah, there you go. They're both great. I love them both. Uh, not always. <laughs> Martin Balsam and Ernest Borgnine they ran a lot of crap. They've been in crap, but I always <laughs> like seeing them. That's fine. <laughs> Martin Balsam was in Mitchell for God's sake. I know. And Ernest Borgnine embarrassed himself in basketball. Er- Ernest, no basketball. Everyone embarrassed themselves in basketball. That was the whole point. <laughs> of basketball. Ernest Borgnine embarrassed himself in the Oscar. Okay. Which is one of the worst movies ever made, and they are ashamed of it. They do not lick it out. They do not let it out. You it, found it, though. I know. So. It was great. It's uh, The Oscar is this amazing 1960s movie starring Stephen Boyd from Spartacus or Ben-Hur? Spartacus. Spartacus, really? That was Ben-Hur. Oh, oh, no, it was, it was Ben-Hur. Sorry, it was Ben-Hur. Yeah. He played a... Uh, he, he is a, a, like a street tough who accidentally wanders into an audition and everyone admires how real he is mm-hmm. and he becomes like the next big thing in Hollywood and then his career's on the wane but he's nominated for an Oscar and he will do anything to win, even destroy careers. <laughs> and it's it's everyone is in the movie. Like every actor imaginable is in that movie and it's all embarrassing all the time. The dialogue is terrible. You got a head made out of glass. That's how I can see right through you. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? We have moved on mm. dramatically for, from uh, You Don't Know you Jack. Don't know. So the, uh, the, the and, game was very popular. The game was very, and, uh, and uh, it, uh, it spawned multiple sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was yeah, it was really hot in like dorm rooms. And the questions were actually kind of hard. You actually had to yeah. know stuff. Um, I, f- I feel like they were they were always like just pushing it a little bit, the, just a little bit. But the thing is, the, the it was so entertaining mm. that it didn't matter if you didn't know it. You still had a good time yeah. losing because even if you lose, like, there would be a funny sound clip playing. There'd be a funny sound clip where the, the host would insult you, but it would be really hilarious. Yeah, it was a good gag. Mm. So when they decided to turn this into a television show, which had happened before, a lot of different board games have ended up mm. on TV. Most of them don't last. Um, they decided to take the humor of it and kind of make that the main focus. Yeah. And so they got a, a really talented group of people, actually. Uh, the series was directed, at least all the episodes that aired, mm. uh, by Keith Truesdell, uh, who has a very extensive career in television. He directed Everybody Hates Chris, Jimmy Kimmel Live, uh, the Netflix series With Bob and David, uh, a couple of Cancel Too Soon series like Fat Actress, with Kirstie okay. Alley. Yeah. Uh, trial by Jury, which I really want to track down. Not Law and Order Trial by Jury? No, or, Trial okay. by Jury was a, I think it was a 1995 pilot episode in which they recreated a trial, and at the end, the audience dialed a 900 number to give with it, <laughs> to give their verdict. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I really, really want to track that down and see if we can f- review that. Mm. But he also did like a, a, some serious dramas and stuff, too. He did Seventh Heaven, The Secret Life of an American Teenager. All right. He's got a huge pedigree. Um, you look at the cast of uh, 
writers. The writers, like, there's mm. like 20 writers who are yeah. credited on every episode. I, I noticed that Paul Rubens was one of them. Paul Rubens was one of them. Joel Hodgson was on a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000, who also created the TV Wheel, which we reviewed a few months ago. Um, so that's a good uh, that's a good group. And it was hosted mm. by Paul Rubens of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, he, you know Paul Rubens. You know Paul Rubens. Yeah. This was an interesting time for Paul Rubens because a lot of people remember that Paul Rubens was the biggest thing ever in the 80s. Pee-wee's Playhouse was a big mm. deal. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was a big deal. And then he was caught masturbating in an adult movie theater and he was arrested. Yeah. And it kind of sabotaged his career. And he really flew under the radar for most of the 90s. For a, he, he had a, Because of that scandal, he had a really hard time getting work. Um, mm-hmm. On the set of the movie Blow... Um, Bob uh, Bob Goldthwait tells a, has a really uh, funny bit about this uh, in his stand-up routine where he talks about being on the set of Blow and his, he has a scene with Paul Rubens and Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. And and he's Bob Goldthwait and he says, is, is anybody in this scene not on probation right now? <laughs> <laughs> it was not a good and, time. And Johnny Depp said, wait a minute. Oh yeah, like, what, what, what'd you do? And he said, I set the Tonight Show on fire. And Johnny Depp says, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Well, uh, and then they, he turns to Johnny Depp and says, and, and you, you trashed that hotel room. Yeah, yeah, I did that. And they both look at Paul Rubens and say, yeah, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rubens was kind of experiencing a very short career resurgence at this point. Blow was a reasonably well-respected movie, and everyone agreed he was kind of one of the best parts of it. He, like he, he, he had more him, energy than Johnny Depp, yeah. Penelope Cruz, or anybody else in that movie. Blow is merely an adequate movie about a guy who becomes a drug dealer. Like, it's fine. It's just not particularly good. Uh, Paul Rubens was great. Everyone thought Paul Rubens was back on track, and then he disappeared again for most of the 2000s. <laughs> like he did a lot of little roles, yeah. but he this was like well, I mean we can't we can't forget the spleen in Mystery Man. That, that was, was 1999. That was, I know, but it was a welcome return. It was, and, no, um, and it was a very unpopular movie. But this was like a chance. This would have been a good fit for him as a game show host. Paul mm. Rubens. He's very funny. He's very animated. Um, he's very weird, and it's mm. always fun to watch him. So he. But the funny thing is, he doesn't play Paul Rubens. He plays Troy Stevens, yeah. a fictional character. And in fact, and I don't know why they bothered. And well, if they're going to do that, they need to do what they did with Pee Wee Herman. Pee Wee's Playhouse stars Pee Wee Herman, not Paul Rubens as Pee Wee Herman. Right. And the Pee Wee Herman persona, it's like Elvira. You know, he's not he's not out of character when he's off screen. Mm-hmm. You know, he would go to like public appearances in costume and he'd be Pee Wee Herman. Uh so if they're going to do Troy Stevens, it's weird that they, right at the beginning, credit Paul Rubens as Troy Stevens. And they usually... Rather than just say, hosted by Troy Stevens. And they have, like, behind-the-scenes clips and sketches. Mm. Most of the time, he's in character as Troy Stevens. Occasionally, it's not. And it's really, like, kind of breaks the fourth wall. Like, there's this one episode where, um, in every episode, the runner-up gets... Mm. Something. Booby, they got a booby prize. You get a booby prize. It's like it's okay, but it's not impressive. They get a lifetime supply of gum, yeah. or uh, <laughs> or there was one where you, the the runner up gets a four pack of sliced pineapple bits, yeah. <laughs> and that was the that was what the runner up gets. And then uh, the and, was, and then they go to commercial, uh-huh. and uh, they would say uh, the, the the director went up to Paul Rubens and say, uh, hey, "Hey Paul, Paul. <laughs> they, they just yeah. as Paul, not yeah. Troy. Hey Paul." what happened to the pineapple bits? They were supposed to get a lifetime supply. And Paul Rubens would be like, I have no idea. And then the episode ended with him going into his changing room uh, and it was full of pineapple bits. Yep. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, uh, 
Well, let's actually, before we talk about the comedy get, routine. Let's get to the show. The show itself mm-hmm. was pretty straightforward. It would open with a little sketch. Mm-hmm. Then it would open with Paul Rubens introducing the... Uh, the, the, the three contestants. The three they were, contestants. Seated at a panel. Yeah. And they would be asked a multiple choice question. Yeah. Then they would have a dis or dat question. Yes. Then they would have another multiple choice yeah, question. Multiple choice questions mm-hmm. were scattered throughout. Yeah. Uh, in the second, like in, after the commercial break, there would be... Uh, Sounds dirty but isn't would be a category, yeah. which would be a whole bunch of uh, multiple choices with things that like you've ever noticed that so many different hat styles sound kind of naughty out of context. Boom! Mm. There's which one of these is not a hat. Mm. Um, and there would also be, and this was my favorite bit, the two million dollar question. <laughs> the two million dollar question is worth two million dollars, but. It, the, it, 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 the amount counts down the longer time you take to answer it. Yeah, and the the clock starts counting down as soon as Paul Rubens starts asking the question. Mm. So here's what would happen every time. Paul Rubens would start asking the question like, uh, in the year 1776, America's forefathers... Uh, and he gets and then, sleepy, or he uh, the, the interruptions would get more and more elaborate. Like ninjas would invade the studio and like take the card away from him, or it'd be a huge at, fight. At one point, it got sucked down a vent, and he tried to reach down and get the card out of the vent, and it ended up mutilating his arm. And yeah, yeah. It just yeah. That's there was like one time where he couldn't read so, it; like the light was too low, so they put on a spotlight, mm-hmm. and then he got out a giant magnifying glass, and, and then the, the card set on fire. And mm-hmm. these are funny jokes. And what the thing was is that. By the end, ish. <laughs> it's, it's a funny setup, but right. like the the thing is, is that by the end, by the time he finally finished asking the question, it was never worth more than two hundred dollars. Uh, no, uh, I think in the first episode it was like one hundred and ninety one. In one episode, it got down to four dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty great. That was a funny gag. Um, and then it was. And, and the question wasn't any easier or harder than any of the other questions. Yeah. Well, so the thing just... is, it was almost always the last multiple choice question. Mm. It was like one time it wasn't D, like <laughs> the last thing he could ask, oh. so that it would be as little as humanly possible. <laughs> I always, I kind of, I found myself fantasizing of being on the show and just buzzing in immediately and mm. just saying a random letter and hoping I was right. D, <laughs> D, it's D. Damn it. <laughs> Um, and then after the last commercial break, the final two contestants would participate in the Jack Attack, which mm. was ported over directly from the video game. And what happened was they would give you a clue, and then uh, they would give you a series of potential answers, and you would buzz in mm. when you thought you had the right yeah. answer. They, they would give you sort of a cue word, and mm. you would have to buzz in with a matching word that would just sort of float quickly past. Yeah. So, for uh, example... So what, when you're playing the game, like... What women want was one category. Yeah. Um, so the category is what women want, and they would throw out a woman's name, and it would be Cindy Lauper, and mm. it'd be a bunch of random nonsense stuff, and then fun because mm. girls just want to have fun. Right. That was the gag. Um, or Susan B. Anthony, uh-huh. and they would throw out things like wild sex, and then it would finally get to suffrage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Maybe she wanted wild sex, but suffrage is but, what she's known for. Yeah, suffrage uh, is what's on the books. <laughs> <laughs> but in in video game form. Uh, it, that's that's really immediate. You know, you see one word and you have to sort of look around your eyes scanning and you have to see just the right word and you hit it. And yeah. if you hit it wrong, you, you lose, lose money. money. Yeah. Uh, you can end up in the negative very easily. Yeah, especially if you hit it multiple times by accident on the same word. After a while, um, I would just hit it all the time to see how much money I could possibly owe yeah, the game. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have to pay that debt. Mm. I still owe, you don't know, Jack, $80 million. <laughs> uh, in the game show, however, in the, the actual TV, they... I, I don't know why they couldn't have played it that quickly, but they have 
they had two portraits of the two competing contestants. The mm-hmm. third one had been el- eliminated by the last round. Yeah. Uh, so we had the two portraits of the two competing contestants. Uh, Paul Rubin's face right in the middle, really big, like Big Brother. Yeah. And he would read the clue aloud, and a voice in the studio would read things as they went by one by one. And it was a little they too chaotic. They would have to buzz, yeah. the, the contestants would have to buzz the buzzer and say the word aloud, and then... Paul Rubens would have to say that is correct before they could move to the next one. So it slowed it down interminably. I don't know it's about It's not so much an attack anymore. It's just kind of a lightning round, really. I, I like wouldn't a t- say, very typical lightning round. I, I wouldn't say it's interminable, but yeah, it, it, it takes the edge way off. Mm. That is that is for certain. Uh, and then the winner would win. Mm. And then there'd be a little, another little sketch. They got about, you know, it's about $12,000. That uh, seemed to be about average I, I, No, no, I think it was uh, average was in the 20s. Was it? Which is actually pretty good for one episode of a game show. Yeah. Like my, my wife and I were watching this and we were like, the, the opening, like for the majority of the questions in the first round are mm. worth $1,000. The majority of the questions in the second round are worth $2,000. And then if the Jack attack is worth $5,000 for every correct answer. Oh, it's $2,000 for every correct one. No, it's five. Was it five? It was five. Oh, wow. That's, okay. a, that's a shit ton of money. Like mm. you could win a lot. Mm. On you don't know Jack, but they would mix it up, and they would actually. There was this one funny bit where um, another recurring uh, segment they would do in every episode is there'd be a math question, mm. and the math question would be based on pop culture trivia, like uh, uh, take the number of Beatles on who on the cover of the White Album, mm. add uh, yeah. the number of the Mash unit from the TV show mm. Mash, and subtract. Uh, the year America was founded, mm. and what do you got? Yeah, and there you go. That would be the thing. But while they were doing their math, mm. they would bring in more distractions. Right. There's okay. uh, sometimes there'd be a marching band. Mm. One the, time they brought the in the USC be- marching band. Yeah. One time they brought in uh, uh, people to do their haircuts uh-huh. while they were while they were doing the answer, which is pretty there, funny. There was one that was kind of uh, <clears throat> kind of anticlimactic because they didn't bring anybody out in episode yeah. six. It was just Paul Rubens eating those pineapple chunklets yeah. and kind of walking behind them and you know, looking over their shoulders and making noise. And, and mm. in one it, bit, he sneezed on the guy uh-huh. and the cap- camera actually captured a bit of chunklet like landing on the contestant. Yeah, it was kind of gross. It is kind of <laughs> gross. That one was that one was really anticlimactic. Yeah. But there was my favorite one was the um, they brought out a mariachi band. Yeah. And it was really loud, and it was right behind them. And when the time was up, the 30 seconds was up, mm. uh, Paul Rubens paid the mariachi band. Mm. And he was like, wow, $30. Thank you, Troy Stevens. And Paul Rubens said, don't thank me. Thank the contestants. They paid for it. And every single one of them lost money. Yep. yep, yep. That was pretty fun. <laughs> that was a funny I, I wish they had done more, li- more like that. Um, mm. Just c- displayed a little bit more contempt. And I think that's what this show is missing in a lot of ways. Mm. It's... it's uh, too blandly affable for its own good. I, it's it's weird because it needs to be a real game show. It needs to. That's 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 it, the function of it. If yeah. it's not a real game show, it's it's not what they were clearly trying to do on the ABC network, which mm. is followed up on who wants to be a millionaire, yeah. try to take over some of that crossover well, audience. But they want to be so subversive mm. that it's they're kind of fighting that constantly. Like there's the the opening bit. You, you heard it. Paul Rubens mm. is like the only person who's going to make it money a million dollars off of this show. It's me. Mm. And they even say, let's cheat the contestants. Let's meet the contestants. And the idea was that it would be sort of the Troy Stevens show. And damn it, it also has to be a game show. Mm. And whenever it's the Troy Stevens show, it's really great. Whenever it's the game show, it's okay. It's a perfectly decent, adequate game show. But it feels like the gag is... Troy Stevens is yeah. out to get you. <laughs> and I feel like whenever it was that, it was great. And whenever it wasn't, eh. Here's the thing. 
you get Paul Rubens to be a game show host. He plays Troy Stevens. That was probably his idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, let's come up with a funny character I can play. Right. Um, he's not a good game show host. No, not not in the and he's not uh, well suited to this type of television, I think. You don't think? No, he's not really a, he's not really deft at improv. He's not good at keeping the pace moving. He doesn't have the right kind of antagonist attitude toward the contestants. He's really kind of approachable. He's really kind of relaxed. I suspect he was drinking <laughs> some of this. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the character was anyway. Uh, perhaps uh, no, I mean Paul Rubens. I know, I, mean, I know. I'm just saying yeah. it plays like the character might have been also. So yeah, it feels like any so. character. So it, it it just weighs the show down. Paul Rubens is actually the thing that's killing the show. See, I, I he, disagree. St- he steps out. He's like, "Hi, I'm Troy Stevens. Let's meet. The, let's cheat them. I mean, meet them." And he makes the gag every episode, and it gets less funny each time. Well, that's the other uh, problem. But I want to. I'll uh, talk about that in a second. Paul Rubens. I feel like one of the things you don't like about what Paul Rubens is doing is one of the things I like about what Paul Rubens is doing. Game shows are about momentum and intensity, and mm-hmm. he's constantly dragging it the fuck down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a gag that I think is actually kind of endlessly funny because the format always fights it. Mm-hmm. So he'll stop in the middle of things and do something completely random. Like uh, ev- almost every episode, he will introduce mm-hmm. himself, I'm Troy Stevens, and welcome to You Don't Know Jack. And to all of you sitting at home, you got a little something right here. Right here in your teeth. Right there? You got that? No, other side. There you go. Like I thought that was funny. I actually almost ended. I forgot I was going to open the episode with that. Welcome <laughs> to Cancel Too Soon. And for everyone listening on your daily commute, watch out for that guy in front of you. Looks like he's been drinking. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Just uh, given the way the video game was, and given the way a, a, a game show ought to move. Uh, Paul Rubens is like coming out of left field. It's like he's trying to drag the show down or he doesn't. Yeah, I think that's funny. I don't, but I don't think he's necessarily even trying as much as he succeeded. Mm. Like he's trying to sort of play this gag and say, okay, and we're going to refocus this on me. But he, Troy Stevens is not interesting enough a character. And Paul Rubens, bless his heart, is not powerful enough a screen comedian in this context Mm. to hijack the show and with the way the show clearly intends it to be hijacked. Mm. Um, So as such, it's, it's not well paced. The gags don't land really well. Every single joke is highlighted, even when it's supposed to be sort of a throwaway gag. Yeah. So we're focusing on everything and we're waiting for the next gag and it lands and we kind of chuckle a little bit. And then we just have to wait through another interminable setup while he goes for another gag. And I thought that was funny. I thought making you wait through all of that was actually like part of the joke. No, it's not. It's it's two, two different formats fighting each other to no discernible victory. And it's not, it's not funny because it's not really coming alive as a comedy show. And it's intentionally trying to slow itself down as a game show, which means it's not being successful at either thing. Yeah. Now, I understand this is coming off of sort of the rise of who wants to be a millionaire, yeah. which took something like Jeopardy, which is kind of fast paced. You know, you have to answer the questions quickly. You have to know a lot. And, the pri- and at the end of a, an episode of Jeopardy, you get maybe 25 grand. Right. It's a lot of money, but... It's not a million dollars. No. What but almost with, no one won a million dollars and who wants to be a millionaire? This is Most true. people went home with a few thousand dollars. Maybe so. But who wants to be a millionaire uh, introduced this new format, which is was kind of obnoxious and we're still living through right now, where we have a single contestant and they have multiple choice answers and they slow everything down. 
They give you multiple choice. They play tense music. It's in this big black open space. It's just the host and the contestant. And they're trying to make like sort of squeeze really simple trivia for all the drama that it's worth. And they're trying to take away all of the speed and all of the hotness out of a game show and turn it into something kind of that feels more like personal drama. Mm -hmm. And I think networks in 2001 were really reluctant to go back to the Jeopardy mold. They were reluctant to do something kind of hot and fast because it was it, that's not what was popular anymore. Mm-hmm. So what they're trying to do is take a game show and turn it on ear a little bit, trying to slow it down and make it more about the comedy and less about the game show. If you're going to do that, it has to be good comedy. It has to be fast. It has to be it has to be really really uh, uh, kind of quippy. It has to be really insulting. It really has to be taking the piss out of the game show format. It needs to be pushing the show ma- show format, mm-hmm. the game show format, as far to the left as possible. And it's not. It's kind of coming up to it half-heartedly, meeting it halfway, and both are just sort of collapsing onto the floor. Mm. As such, the show is a drag to watch. <laughs> See, I don't. Th- I actually really had a good time watching it. I actually was really amused okay. by like the entire experience. The weird questions, mm-hmm. like there was one where uh, Troy would pull his leg up from out from the podium, and it would have like the world's tiniest foot on it. Mm-hmm. And the question would be, "What size shoe am I wearing?" And it was a size two. Uh-huh. Like that was funny. That's, it was surreal. It was weird. That kind of humor was really what? great. I thought some I thought of the questions really were really great great like, them. like, what is the fifth word in this question? Go. And you know, yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> exactly. You have to buzz in. The, For $250, the... how much is this question worth? Mm. And they think for a second. <laughs> is this a trick question? No, that, that was funny. Again, but I also thought he was really over, great. Overall, there were maybe, in a half hour show, maybe ten, like nine or ten questions. And that was it. That is pretty you small. You need that's pretty triple low. that. Yeah, that's really low for a game <laughs> show. I, I'll agree with that. Um, but I actually, I gotta say, I also thought uh, Paul Rubens was really funny with the contestants. Like, there was mm. actually, like, you know, the banter, which is usually death, even mm. on Jeopardy. You're just, like, occasionally there's a fun story, but usually it's it's That's just really there true. to let the contestants feel good about themselves. But he had, A, he had just funny, basic quips. Mm. Oh, so you're 25. You know, uh, I was 25 at your age. Right. That's a funny gag. But there was one weird one. There's one <laughs> weird one. That's a, that's a Borscht Belt I gag. know, Come but on. I think Borscht Belt gags are funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's one weird one, though, where... Um, it's like, so it says here you're a piano tuner, but you have an interesting side gig. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, I'm a ventriloquist. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, did you bring your dummy? No, I didn't. That's okay. We put a camera crew in your house. And it showed the dummy in bed with his naked wife. Uh-huh. I know it was someone playing the life, but still, they were just they, they were just fucking his wife. What, wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if that was his actual dummy and his actual wife just in a set somewhere? That'd be super great. But then they cut back to the guy. He was not happy. No. He did not think that was funny at all. And I thought it was great. <laughs> that was really great. They would do like um, uh, they would when they broke that wall like that. It was actually kind of fun. Like he would do that intro where. And to those of you watching at home, where are you? We saved you a seat next to Playboy's Miss April, and then Playboy's Miss April was right there next to an empty seat. That's kind of funny. Again, th- these are all the way you're describing them are funnier than the way they play. I don't think so. I think they, they, were they, funny they had jokes. good they had good ideas, but they weren't able to direct the show in such a way that it it really had any sort of life. Mm. A funny gag isn't funny if you can't time it well. And the timing on the show was just off. Well, I don't think and, the issue was... Okay. And I think if you had had Cookie as the host, you know, the established host of this game show that you're... Of the computer game that you're turning into a game show, uh-huh. either have Tom Gottlieb or, better yet, you have a disembodied voice. 
you don't see the host. Mm-hmm. It's just a sort of big brother commanding the contestants on stage, and you have stagehands running around sort of directing them. That could have been fun. And you have a lot more movement on camera, and you have a, just a lot more uh, you know, interesting sets or things you kind of move around. If the show is actually kind of keeping everything sort of propulsive and even kind of at a near panic level, mm-hmm. then that sort of comedy works. Mm-hmm. But there's no panic in this show. And Paul Rubens isn't keeping things alive. He's not a like I said before. He's not a good game show host. Uh, I, and it's I, I not don't... because that's part of the gag. It's not because he's trying to direct it toward more toward the Troy Stevens character. It's because he he's uncomfortable getting up on on a stage and bantering with people and trying to keep things really alive. You listen to other game show. I listen to a, a radio game show called um, Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. It's kind of a comedy game show that they air on NPR. Okay. And they make jokes about the week's news and there's a celebrity panels, you know, like Paula Poundstone is a regular guest on there. Okay. Um, and the host of that show, Peter Sagal, can come back really fast. If, if something is said awkward or somebody goes off on a tangent, he can bring it round or mm-hmm. he can kind of bring the comedy together. He's uh, a good host. He's around comedians a lot. So he has those sort of comedy chops and he's really able to sort of bring it all together. Paul Rubens isn't a comedian. And he's not used to live performance, which is ironic because Pee Wee Herman was created on stage. It was an SCTV. But it or, wasn't. A, or it was a Second City creation. But it wasn't like an uh, improv thing. Like it was actually like written. But it, but it was scripted. Yeah, it was so purely scripted. If you're going to have somebody host a game show, you need somebody who has a lot of charm on stage, which Paul Rubens does not have. He's a great performer. I love watching him because he's kind of weird. He plays weird characters. Mm-hmm. I love him in Mystery Man. I love him as Pee Wee Herman. But he's not this type of performer. I would argue that uh, I, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. And I think uh, generally speaking, yeah, you do need someone who is Paul Rubens. I think he's I think he's a better uh, onstage performer than maybe you do. But he is not a quick witted one. Exactly. That's not yeah, what yeah. defines him. He's actually the, a lot of the humor is actually him being a little slow on the uptake. He's just on a completely different wavelength than, than everybody. Mm. And I don't know. I, I think that's very, very appealing. But I think the real problem, I don't even think. Even allowing that you're maybe have a point, that maybe you're right. Maybe you're just right. <laughs> right. But I think the real issue isn't Paul Rubens. I think the real problem is the rigid structure of a game show is mm. not conducive to comedy over time. Mm. I think you watch one episode, pick any episode of You Don't Know Jack, just watch it randomly. Mm. You've seen it's them funny. all, yeah. But, but you've seen them all, and they're going to play off of the same gags. Over and over and over again. There was one episode I thought was kind of pushed a little further, which actually had, it was thin, but it actually had a narrative Hmm. laid on top of it where uh, there was an old uh, psychic woman at the beginning Hmm. who was stabbed to death and she gave Troy a magic ring and the ninjas were constantly trying to get the ring throughout the episode and then it concluded in the credits. That kind of thing might have saved it, might have kept it a little maybe, fresh. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe. But when it's Here's, just basically we're going to do the exact same joke setup, mm. 10 different joke setups, the exact same joke setup every single week. I can't even imagine how boring this must have been daily. But like, it, it was a weekly show. So, you know, the $2 million question and like distracting from that, mm. you can get away with that maybe four times. Or and then after that, do, it's not funny anymore because you know what's going to happen. Or what you do, you bring it back every seventh episode yeah. or so you need yeah, to mix like, it up it needed to not have a yeah. rigid structure yeah. because the rigid structure it's so, when you know the setup to every joke they're just switching out the punchline fortunately they were smart enough comedians that they had jokes with different punchlines that kind of slipped in and out very very easily they, they didn't but it, it it's, it's the same you, they you, didn't subvert the gag the second time though they showed it, they told it once and it was just okay yeah. and now we just have to wait through it yeah. this time talk to the uh, audience
audience. Okay, we'll talk to the audience. What do we talk to the audience this time? Um, we offered them a seat next to a play-by-play mate. Next time, they got something in their teeth. Next time, I don't know, be mad at them for doing their taxes. You can do that every time, but it's it gets less, less funny every single time, and it's not going to really work yeah. over an extended I, period. I think what you need to get, instead of Paul Rubens, you need to get somebody who's A, good at improv, and is can be kind of condescending to the the contestants a little bit better than Paul mm. Rubens. Paul Rubens is a friendly guy. Yeah, he, you want to like as, Paul Rubens. As smug as he behaves, he never comes across as actually smug. Yeah, you know who you need in this show? Greg Proops. <laughs> Greg Proops would have been a great host. Anybody on from whose line is it anyway? Really? Yeah. Um, Probably, yeah, yeah. Even Wayne Brady would have been better at being kind no, of condescending. No, Wayne well, Brady no, is he's, not condescending. That's true. He's, he's, he dazzles you. He's, <laughs> Wayne Brady he, just... He walks into a room and you want to hug him. Yeah, that's still the best ever... Um, oh, what was the what was the, the sketch he did? Oh, the Dave Chappelle show? Yeah, that was yeah. the best Dave Chappelle show sketch ever. <laughs> where Dave Chappelle is hanging out with Wayne Brady and Wayne Brady is the worst human being in the world. <laughs> Does Wayne Brady have to slap a bitch? <laughs> That was fucked up. Yeah. That was like, it was so not funny. It became funny. It was such a weird sketch. Well, and how game Wayne Brady was to yeah. do it. Yeah. He, that was Wayne Brady doing it. It's okay. so weird. So not Wayne Brady. Okay. But Greg Proops or Ryan yeah. Stiles would have been great. Yeah. Uh, even Drew Carey could have done it. And yeah, Drew Carey who has been a game show host. We've seen that that's not him. Well, he's, he's not. He's, he's gotten he's gotten really good on the Price is Right. Have you seen him? I, I yeah, but he had to grow part, into it. But he got really good. I'm on not the saying he's right. a bad game show host. I don't see him being a condescending. Drew Carey wants to be liked. Yeah, I guess so. That's something I get out yeah. of Drew Carey. He desperately another, wants another to be one liked. I thought That's of fine. Lew- That's what, a lot of entertainment. I think Lewis Black would also. Yes. Or yes. If, or if you want somebody who's not just a comedian, you get Henry Rollins. You know, somebody who's just full <laughs> of rage at the contestant. Somebody who's just going to scream at you and you know be. Maybe kind of mean a little bit. So here's here's my I, thing. I, I think that yeah. there's an energy to the CD-ROM game mm-hmm. that they're clearly trying to capture and failing to capture with the character of Troy Stevens. I don't see again. I just don't think it's Troy Stevens' fault specifically. Mm-hmm. I think it is the fault of the format. I also think it is the fault, kind of, of it being a network show. If you took this basic concept, mm-hmm. same writing. Same actors. And you put it on MTV. (laughs) You put it on MTV or you put it on Adult Swim for 15 minutes. Mm. If this was a 15 minutes version of game show, just random people. But they win actual money. They could win a little actual money, but it would be a lot shorter, so they win a lot less, and it'd Mm. just be... There'd be, and again, the number of questions would be fine. Just five stupid questions. Mm. They would distract from the questions. They would try to make it so you didn't win money. It would mostly be a setup for a variety show <laughs> with a game show base. If it had been on Adult Swim, and honestly, it's weird that it wasn't because this is such a like a yeah. bizarre thing. It does not belong on network television. Uh, I could totally see people watching because the first couple episodes did okay in the ratings. Um, I can see watching it. People who watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, they're not going to want to watch this. Mm. The people who don't want to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, they're going to watch this. Yeah. And they're going to want to watch it in small pieces once in a while. That's where the show should have been. Mm. Um, and it's a damn shame because... It should have the same vibe as something like At Midnight. You know, yeah, like real, real carefree. Something kind of casual, something kind of flip. Yeah. And this wasn't flip. Uh, it, it's, it's torn between... Uh, who wants to be a millionaire and the show that it most closely resembles remote control. Yeah. Uh, it, People the, do not remember remote control. Tell them about remote control. <laughs> it was a game show remote on control MTV. Was a remote, uh, was a game show on MTV. Uh, late eighties. I think it debuted. Yeah. Um, 
there was an NES game that I have <laughs> and haven't been able to play because I can't get my, my machine to work. Aww. But uh, yeah, it was a panel of contestants. They sat in easy chairs. They had remote controls to choose off of like a Jeopardy category, but it was funny categories. Yeah, about uh, TV. About It was all television trivia. Yeah. Uh, and it was like the most Gen X-iest thing that Gen X ever Gen X. It, it looks like and, it was like... It, and it, the, yeah, the it took set, place in, in it, Wayne and Garth's basement, essentially. No, it wasn't even Wayne and Garth's basement. It was like Wayne and Garth's basement is designed by Terry Gilliam. Like it was always like way <laughs> over designed lots of tubes everywhere and it made no sense and then at the end there'd be like this the last round would be like this wall of tv and they would show you like a two second clip of a tv show or something and you mm. had to guess what show it was or something and, to that and, effect. and there was an intermission where they gave you a snack which they would pour over your head oh, i forgot about yeah, that bit. like hold a hold a bowl above your head and we just pour like a gallon of captain crunch over there you. were these rent there was Excuse this, like captain crunch you watch a show you watch a movie like uhf mm. and it's all about how like weird young people were trying to just do anything they could to get noticed on tv mm. that's kind of how it was for a little while <laughs> in basic cable and it was kind of fun it was kind of fun to watch just people try and there's a certain amateurishness but there was also a lot of like just really wild creative abandon was they just tried mm. new things and maybe they worked and maybe they didn't this is like kind of that but it's also a little too polished again because it's on network TV and they were trying to make it a big deal if this had been rugged renegade mm. small and short I think it could have been a big hit and I think we really would have had a lot of yeah, fondness for yeah, it yeah. but it's just it's, Re- it's too Rene- big for its bridges renegade is, is the, the real key there it, it needs that, and I think that's why the CD-ROM games were so popular. They felt kind of subversive, mm-hmm. and it was all, always really kind of jokey and really kind of light and almost satirical in a way, but it had good trivia. You had to know your chops, and it was really fast-paced. I, I miss the you days when video sh- games were funny. Yeah. Occasionally they are, but they, they, we really moved away from that. There was They're all serious, yeah, yeah. like serious dramas with movies intercut in between yeah. the games. There was yeah, a it's... time when, when comedy, when like the, a lot of the best video games were really funny. We talked about LucasArts uh, last week. That's right. And also when we did, um, I think, Sam and Max, we talked about those mm. funny point-and-click adventure games. But there was a lot of wacky stuff out there. And You Don't Know Jack was a, a treat. Mm. It was a real pleasure. The, I could see why they'd want to turn the, it into a live-action yeah, show. Yeah, the, the TV game show was none of those things. It was not renegade. It was not fast. It was not funny. It was not subversive. I would argue that it was funny. I laughed enough. I, I laughed three or four times oh, over no. the course of the six episodes. I laughed quite a lot at right. the whole thing, honestly. Like I thought, I thought by the sixth episode, mm. they clearly lost steam. You could tell the jokes, like even just mm. the, the jokes that they had set up. That for me killed it because if they just stopped at five and they've been canceled after five, mm. I might have said to myself, "These guys really could have pulled this off. Mm. This could, this show could have like you know, it's weird and maybe it doesn't quite work, but I find it entertaining and it's a game show. It's a live show. They would polish it over time. That's how it works. I'm sure the first five episodes of Jeopardy, the, the pacing wasn't 100 percent right yet. <laughs> I'm sure they figured it out mm. over a little bit, and that probably would have worked better over time. But by episode six, you could tell that all of their setup. Mm-hmm. Jokes, the jokes that were in every single episode, all of those jokes in episode six were the weakest they'd been. And I'm like, you ran out of ideas after six episodes. You were not canceled too soon. Yeah, well, and and they they were not only were they running out of steam. And again, I just wish there were more variety. You said they changed up the punchline, but if you know the setup, exactly. it doesn't matter what the punchline is going to be yeah, anymore. The, no, that, that's actually like I took, I took a stand-up comedy class once, and that's one of the things they, they the exercises they do. We're going to give you the setup for a joke. It's not going to be a brilliant joke, mm. but it's just we're going to give you the setup for a joke. Everyone come up with a different punchline. Mm. And that's a great way to learn comedy because you realize just how mechanical comedy can be. Uh-huh. That's how and, writers' and, rooms work. And you watching come up with the setup and come up different watching the show, you realize how mechanical comedy can be. Yeah. Um, again, doesn't well, mean it's not funny, but it is mechanical. 
Uh, twice as many questions, mm-hmm. more variety, different host, lower budget. Okay, everything needs to change about this show. I don't think uh, everything... Again, I, I come with it slightly differently. Uh, uh, same host, mm. same sense of humor, shorter, mm. and more mm. questions. Needs mm. a faster pace and needs right. to be shorter. I think 15 minutes on Adult Swim, this is a I, hit show. I, I think it could have worked at a half hour, but yeah, 15 minutes would have definitely would have focused it a lot better. Yeah, that's the um, problem. But no, it was not canceled. That's a damn <laughs> shame. And that's why we're never doing another game show. We'll do other game we'll shows. We'll might do other game shows. We I feel like this show kind of lives and breathes in sort of narrative stuff because that's our expertise. But we'll do others and eventually well, we'll we have, do reality there's, TV. There's a lot of TV structure out there to examine. And you know, there's, yeah. there's great reality shows and there's bad ones. And we mm-hmm. have to kind of examine that structure as well yeah we'll get to it yeah. again it's not our wheelhouse so it's probably gonna be the focus for a long time but i watch i watch some game shows i watch jeopardy i watch uh, the cooking game shows on the food network i feel like those, those are, are like kind of crossing the line lately between like reality tv and game shows like the great british baking show mm. you're watching and just like this is barely a game show i'm mostly just watching fun people cook and that's great <laughs> yay i want a madeline now yeah i, I, I want to learn how to make you know foie gras foam or whatever yeah, else these so weird things cool. they got on there. I, I don't even the, like foie gras I don't even I don't typically like most reality type shows reality type game, uh, game shows but the Great British Baking Show totally does it for me it's great have you tried Chopped it's addictive I've tried I've seen it's, a little bit and that's why right. I stopped because I can't I can't watch that many shows <laughs> I can't do it like I yeah. like, I, I, I had actually like here's, here's a confession I had never seen Black Mirror until very recently and then mm. finally uh, we were watching something similar and uh, Michelle says oh I want to show you this one episode of Black mirror and we watched the one with daniel kaluuya from get out and it's great and i'm like damn it now i have to watch all of them mm. that's how i am i have to like cons- see the whole thing it's one of the reasons why i like doing this show mm. you get to see the entire series encapsulate everything yeah exactly and and it doesn't take forever because they're pretty short <laughs> this one was was quite short though it's not that yeah, it wasn't that bad six, six half hour episodes but it's kind uh, of easy to get through you don't know jack again it's it, it's obvious most game shows aren't on dvd but you can find it relatively easily online mm-hmm. if this sounds at all even interesting to you just pick one episode at random and yeah. just check it out. Watch, it's amusing. Watch one. You might find yourself a little distracted. But when, again, we said before, if you've mm. seen this one, you know all of the gags. Yeah. Occasionally, there's one different gag mm. in the episode that makes it kind of mm. worth no. it. But generally speaking, it's the same show over and over again. Uh, I recommend the second one because that one has the ninjas in it. <laughs> a little personal confession. I watched this. Yes, you did. Uh, when it debuted in 2001, in June. <clears throat> I was a big fan of the, the CD-ROM games. Oh, I'm sorry, games. the third one was the Ninja one. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, I, I played the CD-ROM games. I was a big fan. I'm a big fan of Paul Rubens, and I thought, oh, this is great. Just combine two things I love. And I watched it, and I was really disheartened. They should they aired the first two episodes back-to-back mm-hmm. uh, when they debuted. Um, and I was, yeah, I was really, really kind of disheartened, and mm-hmm. I was not moved to go back. It's like, this is not a good show. Enough time has passed. It's been 16 years, so I figured maybe I can get a fresh take on it it's just as dead now as it ever was. See, I'd never seen it. I heard of it, but I'd never seen it. And then I watched it all last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I was amused. <laughs> I, I just, it's my kind of humor. I like that kind of awkward, stilted humor that is not based on humiliation uh-huh. or shame. It's just based on good puns, good puns, mm. silly punchlines, and wacky asides. I like that. Mm. I like that show. Here's here's an example. Uh, I think if you liked the show Viva Variety, oh, you yeah. might you might dig. You don't know Jack because it's that mm. kind of well, just on the nose, self aware like, hosting humor. It's like really crazy though, wasn't it? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I, 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 I wouldn't call it. I wouldn't call you don't know Jack crazy. 
I think it's, it's got that tone. Something though. that's trying to be crazy but isn't succeeding. I think it was crazy for the time. <laughs> I think at the time this was a weird show to put on network television. I, I don't know. The late '90s was a good time for crazy, and this wasn't making it. All right. Well, do we have any letters? Uh, oh, sure. Let me call them up. While you're doing that, uh, you can write us uh, canceled too soon at gmail.com. That's canceled with only one L. Uh, you can write us with suggestions, which we don't always read on the air because it's mostly just we add them to the list. Yeah. Uh, but you can also tell us, do you remember watching these shows and do you have good or bad memories of them or insights or do you know anything about the production? By all means, let us know. Um, if you have any problems with anything we've said, a wildly different take on it, please let us know that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also, please, subscribe on Patreon. We are at patreon.com slash canceled too soon. Uh, and we have got exclusive uh, episodes. We have the Canceled Too Soon monthly movie in which we review uh, TV movies, mm-hmm. TV specials, other one-off content that doesn't quite fit the mold of the show, but is also fun to talk about, and it has to do with weird TV history. Uh, we have exclusive videos, which you need to record some more of soon. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to have, uh, for our top tier, we have prizes. That's right. Uh, we have a Google Hangout, which and we're uh, going to schedule real soon <clears throat> because the prizes just went out. We want to talk about them. Some people haven't gotten them yet. Some people have. Mm-hmm. I hope you're enjoying your prizes. We're, we're making sure that everyone gets theirs, and then we're going to schedule a Google Hangout pretty soon in the next couple of weeks to talk about yeah, everything yeah. and just hang out with everyone in that tier. Also, at the top tier, you get a free T-shirt or mug of your choice. Now that we have a certain variety of T-shirts and mugs, I will be... Uh, uh, asking people for their orders. So if mm. you're in the top tier, I will be sending you an email sometime this week. So we have we have the Cancel Too Soon logo. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Mad Balls. Yes, you and me is Mad Balls. Or excuse me, I, we can't say Mad Balls. We have to use some really We're disgusting off off brand name. We're Anger Balls. Anger Balls. Yeah. Anger uh, Spheres. Uh, We're, we ha- uh, so uh, there's one of just William. There's one of just me, and there's the one of the two of us. Yes. Uh, there's Rut Realty. <laughs> <laughs> Inspired by the show uh, Guilt or Doubt, one of those? It's Doubt. It's Doubt. <laughs> it's Doubt. Uh, Rot Realty is a show that we pitched on that episode in which mm. Catherine Heigl teams up with a dog who is also a lawyer. Mm. It is called Rot Realty, and the design makes me laugh. And it was that design <laughs> and our main logo was designed by Michelle Lapis, mm. who is also my wife, and she's a very talented artist. And uh, inspired by WizKids, we have one that just on a kind of a, a, an ugly beige t-shirt just says in big black letters, The Jeremy Connection. Which no one will get but you, yeah. but you'll love it. And we also have a black shirt mm. uh, with red and white letters that says... Ask me about the 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage. And that is a great conversation starter. <laughs> Every single time I bring up the 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage, people go, what's that? What is that? We're about to have a great conversation. Mm. It's wonderful. I highly recommend it. But you can get all those designs and shirts, uh, baseball tees, hoodies, iPhone cases, mugs. They're all available at tpublic.com slash canceled too soon. But again, if you're in the very top tier... You can pick one t-shirt or mug, and we'll send it to you for free. You can also wait. We plan to add more designs later. Mm. But now that we have a certain number of designs, like a fair amount of options, we will be soliciting mm. uh, your picks. I'm getting a Jeremy Connection t-shirt. I think you I'm should. definitely going to get one. <laughs> I got my Rot Real um, t-shirt. It makes me laugh so much. This one comes from CW. Here's a okay. letter. Uh, this is on Charlie Jade. Oh, cool. Uh, thanks for doing Charlie Jade. You're welcome for doing Charlie uh, Jade. I hope you enjoyed it, or at least at the very least found it interesting. We recorded all about it. Yeah. About interdimensionality. Uh, Robert Wertheimer's goal, I guess he's the show's make, uh, mm-hmm. creator, was to make a show that did not look or feel like other contemporary shows, one that was as unique and as groundbreaking as The Prisoner in its time. I think even now there's not many shows that matches its aesthetics. Despite loving the show overall, the first third of the series felt slow and directionless. The writers were replaced mid-season and they wanted Charlie to stop... Uh, 
stop being reactive and to be more proactive about getting home. You can kind of pinpoint the exact moment when they felt they needed to have a soft reboot in episode nine when Charlie slash Carl and Julius slash Porter were all recapping events. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I do remember that. So was it canceled too soon? Not to me. Ouroboros was a fine hour of disjointed television and ended up being the best possible in a uh, best in the, uh, <laughs> the best possible manner that it could. It left the audience wanting more. There's a season two Bible slash pitch slash outline that's available on the Internet, and it feels like a huge mess. Sometimes mysteries are better left unsolved, like the men in the gray, the men in the gray suits or what was the deal with Malachi, the terrorist who seems to have an extremely complex plan for Rena or what the deal was with the third faucet in O one in zero one's uh, club shower. Mm. Do we not already read this one? No. Or what the deal was with those blue stones. Anyway, I want to encourage anyone to consider supporting Cancel Too Soon via Patreon. If you find values in these shows, please consider giving them some value in return. They put a lot of work in a lot of hours for this show. It's something like 40 hours of television in the past month. If you can enjoy the show and want to help, please consider. Well, thanks for well, pitching. for. Uh, appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, Charlie Jade is one of the longer shows we've ever done. It was a mm-hmm. sci-fi series about a private detective who winds up in an alternate reality. Um, good setup. Not necessarily great episodes. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like there's a good reboot of that in the future somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. Weird series. We can hear us talk yeah. all about it on the previous uh, episode. Somebody suggests we do Trophy Wife and uh, GCB. I'd like to do G- GCB Which at some point. GCB? Good Christian Bitches. It was this kind of failed primetime soap about nice. like uh, catty Christian ladies in Texas. I keep thinking G versus E qualifies and it does not. Which G- Good oh. versus Evil? Oh, it was about yeah, uh, two yeah, yeah. like two two dead people who were mm. like fighting the forces of hell, but it was styled like a seventies TV show. Like mm. one of them died in the seventies, and it was a funny show. All right. I liked it. It was a fun, yeah. uh, uh, weird supernatural show. Here's a show from Topher Junior. Okay, Hi, Topher Junior. Uh, this is also about Charlie Jade. I only managed to get through one episode of Charlie Jade. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you didn't like it. Okay. But the thing I noticed, which you touched on a little bit in your review, is that I don't think this show has good tension or, or a good release cycle. It's always doing something, but you really get time to breathe. I also noticed that there were a handful of characters that are in the opening episode, which I found rather endearing and enjoyable that you guys never brought up. So I have a feeling they don't really come up much after that one opening episode. They do not. From your conversation, what I've seen of the show, I think I would have much preferred it as a noir slash cyberpunk detective show on Alphaverse than a show that the show we ended up getting. There was a texture to the Alphaverse that I really enjoyed, and I'm sad to hear that it doesn't appear at that much as time goes on. A show that takes place in kind of a sci-fi noir universe would have been interesting. And we're going to actually do some of those eventually. Mm-hmm. We, we we have a copy of Total Recall 2070, which yeah, has almost nothing yeah. to do with Total Recall. It's just like a, like a detective show that takes place mm. in a Philip K. Dick future. I remember liking it at the time. I have no idea if it holds up. So okay. that'll be interesting. We'll get to that. Uh, he says, also in the episode, you got off on a little tangent on FMV game in the letters section, FMV. Full motion video games, like Sega Genesis. Ah, okay. Not uh, Sega Genesis, Sega CD. Sega CD. And I thought you guys would be interested to know that they are starting to make a comeback because the production of good graphics has actually cri- eclipsed the cost it takes to record video, so smaller studios have begun doing cutscenes in film rather than animating them. This has led to live-action cutscenes into smaller, not-really-FMMV games like Roundabout, which I think you guys would find rather amusing, but also some really interesting experimentation with FMV structure in things like Cloud Chamber and the critically acclaimed Her Story. I don't know any of these games. I've heard of them. I haven't played them. All right. Also, we have things showing up like Quantum Break, mm. which is a high-budget AAA game that switches over to a built-in TV show centered around some of the side characters from the game portion. 
there's being some really interesting development again, uh, now that we can use full motion video in video games once again. Thanks. Thank you for an amazing episode. I hope you found that interesting. Topher. I did. Thank you so much. The Topher's are always great. Yeah. Every every time they have an insight, it's always useful. All right. What do we got? Uh, This one's from Omar. Uh, Hi, Omar. Thanks for reading my last email. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're welcome. I promise this one will be shorter. It is. It's one paragraph. Okay. I wanted to urge you guys to cover Sweet slash Vicious. It's 10 episodes. It was canceled earlier this year. I know it might be only... only one stump for this show, but I don't care. It's an amazing show. Anyways, I love you. Good show. Keep up the good work, Omar. Thank um, you. We... I, I just only read that one. It's pretty much just a suggestion. Uh-huh. But uh, we've had so many requests for Sweet Vicious. Have we really? Yeah. All that, right. that we need to start getting on that one pretty Sweet soon. Sweet Vicious. I will, yeah. I will. We'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Our plan right now is to make September uh, a canceled this year month. Yeah. But even then, we're going to have like 16 shows we're not going to have time to get to. There's a lot. <laughs> a and there's lot a, has been There's a few that we year. really want to do just because they look fucking terrible and a couple mm. that looked actually pretty good. Mm. Um, but, there's, one, there's one I really can't wait for. <laughs> I know, me too. Uh, but uh, we, we, we were also going to have a poll. Mm. And that we put our polls up on Patreon. If you're any Patreon subscriber, mm. you get to uh, vote for one episode per month. Um, and uh, we will have that up next week because next week we're going to be doing the winner of our last Patreon poll. That's right. Our last Patreon poll was a whole bunch of series that were canceled within one season on UPN, <laughs> the failingest network on TV. <laughs> and uh, the winner was Game Over. Yep. A CGI animated sitcom about what video game characters do when you're not playing with them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like Look, sit, sitcom Tron drawn together wreck it ralph yeah Yeah. that sort of thing it sounds like a good idea but it's probably not but we'll see who knows maybe it's great um so that will that will be going on but sweet vicious is on the list of potential shows but Mm. i I can read you like just the list of shows like that we have Mm. that were canceled this season uh hang on a second this is like everything that was just canceled just this season Uh, the majority of them anyway i'm sure i'm missing something Mm. but uh you want to tv is just there's so much damn content yeah and networks are so desperate to fill the time with all these hundreds and hundreds of stations that there's more failure than ever yeah, and there's always been a lot of failure. And, and everybody says TV is better than it's ever been. All these long-form, high-budget shows are just mm-hmm. you know, reaching new levels of dramatic power. You know, People are loving stuff like Game of Thrones. Yeah. They don't realize how many hundreds of shows are being shuffled off the back. Yeah. Like the Brothers Grunt. <laughs> Stop Slay, bringing up the Brothers Grunt. We're not doing the, the ground. Grunt. No, we're not doing the Brothers Grunt. Uh, but, but that's true. We say at the beginning of every episode, the history of television is a history of failure. Yeah. And it's true. The majority of TV fails. <laughs> we, think, we remember the ones that are popular, yeah. but the majority of them go nowhere. So, so to hell with Game of Thrones. Yeah. We want to le- learn about one of these shows. Imaginary Mary Yay! got canceled this season. Pitch got canceled this season. Training Day got canceled this season, although that wasn't their fault. Sadly, Bill Paxton the passed the away. Star, yeah. yeah, they decided not to continue it. We I might don't blame to, them for that. We might have to wait. They might bring it back with another star. I think it's gone. All right, I think yeah. it's dead. Uh, that's the other problem is sometimes they can come back. Uh-huh. So we're being a little careful about that because doubt kind of bit us in the ass. And we will get around to the rest of Doubt, which we reviewed the first two episodes of. Mm. But then surprisingly, they burned off all the episodes in the summer. So we got to do the rest. Get back. Uh, just... Emerald City. Uh-huh. Time after time, frequency, making history. A lot of time travel shows got canceled. Hmm. Timeless almost got canceled, but then it came back. <laughs> American Gothic. No, uh, another American Gothic. Yeah, there was a there was a cancel too soon American Gothic in the nineties, and there was one this last season. Mm. Uh, the Get Down. 
Rush Hour, Downward Dog, The Blacklist, Redemption, Sweet Vicious, You the Jury, Son of Zorn, APB, Trial and Error, Notorious, Houdini and Doyle, Conviction, Powerless, Party Over Here, <laughs> Brain Dead, No Tomorrow, Roadies, Good Girls Revolt, Dead of Summer, Feed the Beast, Eyewitness, Incorporated, Mary and Jane, and Heartbeat. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. That's a lot. That was that this was one, season. That was one season. That's that's a lot of expensive, ambitious, heavily mm. promoted shows in a lot of those cases, and they are dead. Mm. And they are fodder for cancel too soon. We cannot do all of those in September. We're going to cherry pick a bit, but we will have a poll up on our Patreon of some of the more requested ones, and we'll see mm. which one gets the most votes. And yep. you can you can vote if you're on Patreon. So patreon.com slash cancel too soon. Our last poll, we put up uh, four UPN shows. Sadly, we couldn't put up the more notorious ones just because we didn't have access to them. We, it's really hard to find the secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. Yeah. I thought that would be easier because it is so notorious. Mm. I couldn't find all the I found a few. Mm. I could not find all the episodes. Uh, yeah, so we didn't. We don't have that one. We don't have no. Homeboys from Outer Space. But we no. did have four. We had Nowhere Man on there. We had Legend on mm -hmm. there. But you guys picked Game Over, so that's yeah. what we're going to do. It was close. Yeah. It was close. It was close. I think Haunted mm. was second... Okay. I want to say Honda was second. Maybe Nowhere Man. I don't know. We'll get to Nowhere Man eventually just because we both loved Nowhere yeah. Man, but it didn't win. Yeah. Here, uh, rem reminiscent no? of your list, I just wanted to read something. This, this is from an episode of Family Guy. Oh, uh, I remember. Family Guy was canceled, and then the same network pick it, picked it back up, and I think that's the only time that's ever happened in TV history, where a show was canceled <laughs> and the same network goes back and, and renews it later. It's certainly rare. Um, shows have been canceled and picked up by other networks, but mm -hmm. it never happens for this one. And at the beginning of the new episode, when they, they renewed it, uh -huh. uh, Family Guy is standing there on camera, and he says, uh, we've been canceled. Oh, no. Well, what are we going to do? Well, there's just no more room on their schedule. There's, uh, we have to accept the fact that Fox has to make room for terrific shows like Dark Angel, Titus, Undeclared, Action, That 80s Show, Wonderfalls, Fast Lane, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, Skin, Girls Club, Cracking Up, The Pits, Firefly, Get Real, Frankie Leaks, Wanda at Large, Costello, The Lone Gunman, A Minute with Stan Hooper, Normal Ohio, Pasadena, Harsh Realm, Keen Eddie, The Street, American Embassy, Cedric the Entertainer, The Tick, Louie, and Greg the Bunny. They ask, is there no hope? And he says, well, I suppose if all of those shows go down the tubes, we might have a shot. But what are the well, odds? What are the odds that every single one, of, and of course, every single one of those shows collapsed in between the cancellation of Family Guy and its renewal. Uh, some of them lasted more than one season, but uh, yeah, a lot of those a lot of those are fodder for this show. Mm. We're looking for Fastlane. I think it's on DVD, but it's a little expensive. I, we'll get to it at some I, point. I'm very curious about that 80s show. Yes! <laughs> I watched a little bit of that 80s show, mm. and then I stopped. <laughs> Just like everyone else. Yeah, it's amazing how that 70s show was a formula that just did not work for anything else. And it was they, a and, it was a good sitcom on top of the seventies. And, 70s we, show. and that's we've been told that they they tried to do a version of it in England, even that version didn't mm. work very well. So yeah, yeah we got <laughs> there's a lot to explore. The eighties just aren't funny, apparently. Mm. Um, but that that's uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's canceled too soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, you guys are great. Um, again, you can hear us on iTunes. Please subscribe if you haven't already. We're on Stitcher if you're on that uh, network instead. You can subscribe. That'd be great. Leave us a review if you can't afford to help us out on Patreon or anything mm. like that. That helps, too. Leaving a review is free. And mm -hmm. uh, the more you talk about us, the higher up we climb in the machine's estimation, yeah. which allows other people to find us more easily. Just so. just here's, here's basically what it boils down to. Uh, boost the signal. 
You know, keep yeah, circulating the tapes. If you, yeah. t- if you know people who are looking for podcasts, let them know we're out there because we have a lot of fun doing this and we really want to uh, reach as many people as possible and spread the good word and sometimes bad word about these shows that have been otherwise mm-hmm. completely forgotten. Um, you can uh, share a link. We're on Twitter at CancelledCast. Cancel with one L. Uh, I'm at William Bibiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Um, and again, our email, canceled too soon at gmail.com. Um, drop us a line. Tell us hello. Let us know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. What's we'll, up with you? We'll read your letters. How you been? Mm-hmm. Good? You doing good? You doing uh, good? I see what you're doing. You're doing a Troy Stevens. And doing a little bit of a Troy Stevens. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Notice I'm not laughing at this one either. Thank you for welcoming <laughs> us on your daily commute. I'm sorry I spilled milk underneath your seat. You'll notice it in a couple of days. Mm. All right, everybody. Thank you very, very much for listening. We'll be back next week with Game Over. That is a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.